Welcome to the Marriage Battle Plan Podcast. You know, a lot of couples struggle to communicate clearly in their marriages, and it's costing them a lot of heartache and pain. Our mission here is to help you communicate better with your spouse using combat-proven military communication strategies so you can enjoy your marriage more every single day. If you haven't done so already, please take the next three seconds. That's right, just the next three seconds. And simply click that five-star review button if you think this is a five-star podcast so we can reach even more people just like you and your family and friends and loved ones and help you all continue to win in your marriage. Welcome to today's episode. I'm Brian Fleming. <laughs> I'm Jamie Fleming. What are we talking about today, Jamie? We are talking about the five barriers to a great sex life. Wow. All right. So <laughs> there are probably more than five, I guarantee it. But these yeah. are five that we've discovered people deal with. And at the end of this episode, we have a very, very interesting story with a killer lesson you don't want to miss. Because you don't want to be the guy uh, we'll be discussing yeah. in your marriage. <laughs> so I'll just say that. Yeah. We'll hook there. So stick around to the end. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we get into that, we want to let you know that if you haven't already, if you go to marriagebattleplan.com, marriagebattleplan.com is where Jamie and I have an online course. It's literally only just over an hour's worth of video. Mm-hmm. But you could spend a week in it if you wanted to or more discussing these things with your spouse, because what we do in Marriage Battle Plan in this course, it literally teaches couples just like you how to communicate better in your marriage so you can have less friction in arguments and fewer fights mm-hmm. and actually enjoy your marriage more yeah. because you, you know how to communicate better. Like money's a big thing that destroys marriages, but a lack of ability to communicate clearly kills marriages. Absolutely. You know, and a big part of our mission is to help breed a, a new, this next generation coming up to help them, you know, all of us now, but especially to turn the generational tide so that there are marriages in the future that exist where people actually know how to communicate better. Yeah. And it saves families. It, you know, it, you know, I mean, it affects kids and everything. So now in marriage battle plan, what we do is we teach you proven military battle strategies, how we communicate on the battlefield in the military in actual war. We teach you seven or eight concepts to specifically and easily, very simply apply to your marriage that you can see how to do it. It's very simple. So you just get each other. You understand each other. Yeah. And the biggest benefit of that is that you walk away and you always have a framework. The biggest benefit of the marriage battle plan is you always have a framework yeah. for communicating with your spouse or with anybody. Mm-hmm. But in this case, with your spouse, you always have a go-to. You always know You'll know, always know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so go to marriagebattleplanning.com. Check that out. We have some great resources there. Yeah. Oh, cliche marriage advice of the week. <laughs> Before we get into our lesson, we have some cliche marriage advice of the week. We like to share some of the, the bad pieces of marriage advice or not bad. It's mm-hmm. just the crap you always hear. Yeah. Everyone's written a book on it. They just put their own name on it. Mm-hmm. It's cliche. People like you and I are probably so tired of hearing, oh, God, another marriage book is going to say the same crap that he said or she said, you know? Yeah. What's that What's that today, Jamie? A good marriage is hard work. Okay. Hmm. There could be multiple angles of that. What do you think? 
Um, well, let me think about it. I'm good. Marriage is hard work. Uh, I don't agree with that. At least it's not our experience. Not, not, not with us. Like if, married if, over 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's a good marriage there, it wouldn't be hard. It wouldn't be hard work. And that doesn't mean you don't struggle. Mm-hmm. That you don't have issues or that you're always in a honeymoon phase, which I'll get, that would be probably the next dumb piece of advice. But um, <laughs> for most people, again, there's exceptions to everything. So anything mm-hmm. we see on here, there's always going to be one person going, uh uh-uh. uh. You know, it's <laughs> like, okay, you're the exception. Congratulations. You know, your life is great. <laughs> a good marriage is hard work. Mm-hmm. 15 and a half years of marriage, we, we when we heard that, we, lo- we both kind of looked at each other like, not really like we have a, no. we have a we've had a great marriage yeah like we're happily married yeah i mean it doesn't mean like i said doesn't mean like we, that we don't go through things in life or that we don't argue or have issues sometimes or you have to put effort in but hard but work that it's hard work like no it's not it's or, or it shouldn't be it's not supposed to be <laughs> yeah i mean the the only relationships i've ever been in that were hard work were the bad ones Mm-hmm. Like, bad relationships were hard work. Yeah. Like, that's why people have exes, because they were hard and non-negotiable, and something was hard enough where it broke the relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure we're not the first ones to say that, but, yeah. Yeah. I I don't think a good marriage is hard work. I think a bad mm-hmm. marriage is hard work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you could, you could argue and say, well, some people just, maybe they're more conflicting individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, they did rub each other wrong more. Maybe they're not as good of a fit for each other as another couple would be. Mm-hmm. That could be. But also, if you have all that friction because you just don't jive with that person very well or mesh with that person very well, mm-hmm. is that a good marriage? Or are you staying together for other reasons, you know, because we have kids or or whatever? Like, that's understandable, these different things, even though they're not always good pieces of advice. But mm-hmm. I don't think a good marriage is hard work. No, I really don't. Because, I, mean, I, I mean, because what you have to do is define what is a good marriage. What defines a good marriage? I mean, I think one characteristic pertaining to this would be that both people are open um, and honest with each other. And they're receptive to what the other one has to say. Yeah. You know, we were we were at dinner the other night with two of our good friends. And we asked them, um, what would you, they've been married like 13 years. And we said, you know, what's, what's been a key to your marriage success? Because they're very happy together. And he said, the husband said, mm-hmm. uh, for I remember correctly, he said, I, I'm ne- I just, I never, I never try to be right. Like, I, I just, don't, I don't, I don't care if I'm right. Yeah. I, he's like, I, I just, I never care that much if I'm right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a possibility I am wrong with things and I'm, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And her response was, if I'm wrong, I just, I don't have any problem admitting it. You know, we just want to get past whatever it is. So yeah. you have a person who isn't always trying to be right. And a person who, if they're wrong, they're okay admitting that. Mm-hmm. They just want to have fun and be peaceful together and enjoy each other. Yeah. Well, what could go wrong? That that doesn't sound like a hard marriage. That sounds like a good marriage. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sound like hard work. No. <laughs> <laughs> so getting to the talking points here. Yeah. So these were the five barriers, uh, five, five of many, but five barriers that we found to a great Sex life, because let's let's be honest. Everyone wants to have great sex. Yeah, <laughs> they just do. You're human, all right. Yeah. Um, 
you know, people go through different things in life, different phases of life, different experiences of life, you know, and both people do. Mm-hmm. And so it can be a rocky territory with this. Yeah. But five barriers to a great sex life. What's number one? Undealt with past abuse. Past abuse mm-hmm. uh, that is undealt with. Yep. What do you think? What are your thoughts? So true. Um, I was raped and molested when I was a kid um, by, by two of my uncles. So um, then we got married, you know, 21 years old. And um, I didn't really do a lot of counseling or anything like that really early on in our marriage. And so there was a lot of things that I was like, no, won't do it. Won't do it because that's the way I was raped. Like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah, and it wasn't anything like that people would say, wow, that's horrible. No. It's just like, I mean, like some people, like if you grew up in an abusive household and somebody like, let's say you had a dad who would always grab you by the back of the hair and, you know, hurt you, just mm-hmm. maybe physically abusing. Well, if you're in a heat of passion and, you know, you're, you're groping or, you know, grabbing your spouse and you're in the moment and there's this trigger mm-hmm. for them it's yeah. like you got to be respectful of that but yeah. you also need to be aware of it mm-hmm. and that can affect someone's sex life you know um it could be a number of things mm-hmm. um we put here also um yeah well like you said there's certain days oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tell us about that well there's there's days still i mean i've done a lot of counseling since you know or early on in a marriage um and um, still do sometimes when I need it. Um, and there's been there's still times that even though I'm, I'm I feel like I'm healed pretty good. I mean, obviously I can improve, but there's just days where I don't want to be touched. I just don't want to be like I'm like I don't want to have sex. I don't really want you to even really touch me. Um, a peck's fine, but you know, we like to goof around in the kitchen, smack each other's butts or whatever. Well, some on those days, I'm just like, I don't want any of that. Yeah. You know, and as a husband, as a high sex drive person, you know, we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Usually there's a high and low. Sometimes people are both low or both high, or there's an off balance. Like if you're the, the person wanting sex on that day or at that time, um, you can take that personally. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he doesn't want me. Or she doesn't want me. It's a rejection of me. Well, yet it's not in mm-hmm. this kind of case. It's, you have to understand the intent of mm-hmm. their feeling or their what they're communicating. Mm-hmm. It's not that they don't love you or they don't want to please you. Mm-hmm. It's that they're having this war in their mind mm-hmm. about something else that had nothing to do with you. And yeah. maybe even happened, like in our case, before we ever knew each other. Yeah. And so you can't take that um, too personal. And then sometimes it goes the opposite direction. Like sometimes I want him to hold me. I want I want him, you know, we cuddle and, you know, um, I'm kind of a lower sex drive. But we'll like I said, we'll get there. But like I but I want all the non-sexual affection. Like I want him to hold me and hug me and and kiss me and, and, and to, you know, just tell me everything's going to be okay. I'm sorry you're having an off day. So like. Yeah. And not leading to sex. Yeah. But yeah. not leading there. Which I've found most of the time that's, that's usually a woman having that <laughs> idea. The guys, I can't speak for every guy, but most guys are in it for the payoff. <laughs> like the ending, the, the ecstasy, you know, the boom, the gloriousness. And then we fall asleep or, <laughs> or go eat chips or something or 
whatever. <laughs> it's like, all right, time to go do something else, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a difference there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know because you know, most guys aren't like, I just want to lay and cuddle after sex. Like, that's usually a woman saying that. It's not that a guy wouldn't. You know, I just, most guys I talk to, at least, it's mm-hmm. it's that hasn't been the case. But yeah. you know, everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, number two. No communication. So, not communicating. <laughs> excuse me. Mm-hmm. Not communicating. Um, mm-hmm. about, well, what? Well, being honest when giving it or being open when receiving it. Yeah. Like receiving communication. Mm-hmm. Um, we can clarify. Oh, excuse me. Yes, <laughs> receiving <clarify> what? That. <laughs> <laughs> giving it or receiving it. Like, yeah. Um, you can, you can tell we, we have fun with this stuff and why shouldn't we? Um, yeah. <laughs> but be honest when giving communication about what you like or want or what you don't like or don't want. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are afraid to kind of say, like, if they're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. well, you know, you might be afraid that, like, oh, well, they'll judge me yeah. because, like, what, what do you mean you don't want to do this or that or, you know, don't or you care the other about way. me? Or the other way, that they want that and then, you know, they're afraid of judgment for that. Yeah, like, hey, I, you know, I want it this way. Mm-hmm. But what will he or she think of me if I tell them that? Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a lack of communication going on right there. Yeah. And the thing is, like, every human being has things that turn them on sexually and arouses them. And they don't always understand why. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we've always said on this topic, like, people don't generally choose what turns them on. Yeah. They can just be like, this just turns me on. I have no idea why. Mm-hmm. They didn't choose it. Like, it's like they just, it, hey, when I see that, it, it makes me feel that way. Or when that happens, it it's like, you, that's one thing, like, you, we just as humans don't control, mm-hmm. like, what what is. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've said before, it's like, I mean, you're going to have a hard marriage if you can't even talk about what you like sexually. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, I mean, for fear of judgment. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there might be a number of years you go. In your marriage before you get to that point. Um, but like, I would say, man, if you can't have that, like you're either going to have a, a marriage that's not as good as it could be, mm-hmm. or you married the wrong person or, and, or don't be surprised if it ends in three or five years, because yeah. sex is one of those things where if somebody doesn't get satisfied the way they, their, they, their needs need to be met. Well, they're going to go somewhere they're where gonna, they can get it. They will. Whether it's another person cheating or, you know, I mean, pornography is so openly available now, uh, way more than even when we were kids. Yeah. That it's like, I mean, people, they will gravitate toward things. And I don't recall the verse exactly, but I know there's a Bible verse. and I can't quote it uh, right now. Sorry about that. But um, we talked about putting it in here and then I forgot (laughs) where it basically says, you know, don't deprive your spouse Mm -hmm. of sex. And if you do, do it only for time, like a praying or fasting or something, but have a, a planned time or day that you will come back together sexually mm-hmm. so that you either of you or you know one or both of you won't be tempted sexually to go somewhere else for it. Piece of hair on your lip. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and on your eye. But, you know, and you have to, you have to think about that. Um, yeah. Being, um, yeah. So, I mean being fearful of what you like or don't like and voicing that yeah. like that, you know, in marriage battle plan, we talk about enemies that destroy marriages. If you're not, if you like or dislike something, but you're afraid to talk 
to your spouse about the person you're married to, that's an enemy and it will divide. Yeah. It might be a little cut. It might just be a little division, a little wedge between you. But over time, that crack gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like a foundation of a house. You crack it a little bit. 15 years, though, man, that crack's going to spread with weight and pressure. The ground moving, things happening, and it's gonna, it's Burst, gonna, yeah, it's eventually. gonna crumble. It's gonna, yeah, you know, be a big problem. Mm-hmm. So, so if don't you can, let it get that bad. <laughs> Talk, communicate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and why don't people communicate? Oh, uh, this is actually the next point. Actually, uh, one of the reasons, number three, one of the reasons this is a problem for people mm-hmm. is that a lot of people were led to believe a lot of wrong things about sex growing up, mm-hmm. and I. Honestly, it's in our experience, it's more from the conservative Christian circles mm-hmm. than it is people I know who are outside of those circles. Like, it really is. Mm-hmm. Like, there are things that people are taught as kids in church uh, about sex that is not only, like, wrong, like, not biblical. It's not in the Bible or it's grossly out of context. Mm-hmm. And people who don't know any better, who don't... They, you know, they go to church, but they don't read the Bible and know what it means. Mm-hmm. They'll quote it out of context. They'll they'll teach it as if, well, they were taught wrong. So they just teach wrong. They don't even know any better to to not not perpetuate that false information. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, for me personally, like we didn't talk about it growing up. Like it wasn't something that we talked about. Um, all I knew was that you wait till you're married to do it. And that was, you know, and, 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 you know, doing it before then, or I don't know, anything else about sex was all wrong and bad. Any sexual act. Like bad, 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 all bad. (laughs) Sex equals bad. We don't talk about it. Turns out everyone's having it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, and not necessarily even my parents, like just, just, just how I grew up. Like you just, I mean, just hearing it from, you know, the Christian circle. Oh, you wait till you're married and don't you dare, you know, I don't know. Like it was just, <laughs> you don't talk you know, about and, it. And, you and, don't even talk about and, it. And biblically, you're supposed to. That's what, the, if you're following it biblically, that's what it says to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And we actually did. We actually did wait until we were married. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that was something a lot of people don't do. That's something we actually, we did. It was mm-hmm. really hard, but we were really committed to each other. Yeah. And it actually had to pay off a benefit. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, simply being told if it feels good, basically, if if you come up like we did, it was like, if it feels good, it's wrong. Like, you're going to hell, man. Like, you're going to burn. Like, (laughs) if it feels good, if it's sexual, if it's anything, it's like, of any sort. Well, then you get married. and You you know, you have this idea before you're married that Mm -hmm. like, well, you get married, then finally, all that burden will be off of us and we can enjoy ourselves. Well, a lot of people... That mindset doesn't lift and go away if they were raised mm-hmm. so deep in it. Mm-hmm. And so then it affects your sex life. Exactly. And then you're going, well, what, you know, it's like, what's even between us? And it's hard to identify because it's something that's always been ingrained. Yeah. Like, uh, are we allowed to do that? I know we're married now. So what, shouldn't, it, shouldn't we be able to do that now? Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you, I mean, where you grew up, and we won't name any, you know, denominations or anything, but. Or you, I mean, you have you have a lot of very good people in in your your family, mm-hmm. um, and how you're raised in the community. Mm-hmm. But you, you basically were raised that Baptist people are going to hell. <laughs> now, when I learned this, 
I was like, whoa. Because I grew up Catholic. So Baptist people don't have a snowball's chance in hell. I sure as hell, <laughs> no pun, in, pun intended, don't have a chance because... Well, it's because they believe once saved, always saved is what is what I grew well, up apparent, hearing. Apparently, so like, apparently. Who knows if that's even true? I know, but that's I what recall, I was... I went to a Bible college, but I don't recall exactly. That's what I was told yeah. was that... Because they believe that way, that once saved, always saved. Yeah, once they believe in God and they have salvation, that they're always That they can are, just live their life however they want to do, and they, and they, you know. Now, here's they, the thing, <laughs> and I learned this when I went to Bible college. They use the same Bible to justify their position as people in the denomination you grew up with. They, they use that same exact Bible to talk against that. They both came to different conclusions <laughs> using the same text. And I studied a, a lot of this theology deeply mm-hmm. in Bible college. And here's the thing. It was hard to say either one of them was wrong. Because you get to a point where it's like both interpretations of the particular scriptures and the combination of other things you bring together and compare and what's the overall. They both actually had good points. Uh, if you're unbiased, like it's like I can totally see logically and reasonably. Mm-hmm. They just choose to sow. We saw it this way. We see it this way. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, what it's like. But they're both great people, and that doesn't mean yeah. they're going to hell just because yeah. they believe. I grew up Catholic. They still believe in God. If they have God in their heart, that's what yeah. it comes down to. I can't, can't <laughs> we just, you know, yeah. And I'm not Catholic anymore, but, like, you know, growing up that way, it's like, I mean, she, you know, they didn't even want us to dance at our wedding. And I was like, that was our wedding day. I found out that. I said, we're dancing at our wedding. This is our wedding. And I didn't care who didn't like it. And we danced. And you put a sun, you put a, my favorite flower in daisy. my hair. A put daisy. a daisy in your hair. Almost a sunflower, but I know it's not a sunflower. You're my sunflower. <laughs> Post Malone. Yeah, so here's the thing. We're talking about people being raised really wrong when it comes about sex. Mm-hmm. Either like you don't talk about it. Or people go, well, people say things like, well, this kind of sex is wrong or that kind of sex is wrong. You can't do it this way. You can't do these actions toward each other. The thing is, people don't know generally what the Bible does or doesn't say. Mm -hmm. If they're living from a biblical worldview, and that's much of our audience, you know, is conservative. Some of them aren't. But um, if you're coming from it from that angle... um, if you look even just in the book of Song of Songs, mm-hmm. Song of Solomon, Song of Songs, that is erotic literature. Like, if you actually know what those words mean, but if you were to, like, paint those pictures on the wall, what those actually mean, it would be pornographic. It really would be. Yeah. People don't know this. Like, people, you know, and so I'm not going to go into details about different kinds of sex right now. We don't have time for that. But... If you want to know, um, this is one resource we found recently. Mm-hmm. I've had the book on my shelf for like eight years, and it's literally had like an inch of dust on it. <laughs> I happened to look at it the other day. Uh, there's a book by Mark Driscoll. He's a he's a pastor mm-hmm. um, of a church, or a few churches, pretty big one from what I understand. Um, you know, but he he and his wife have a book called Real Marriage, mm-hmm. and there's a chapter in there about sex and what does what does Literally, what does the Bible say or not say? Or how are things misinterpreted when it comes to different acts 
that are sexual. And like I think there was like two or three questions that he asked about each like, point. Is it is it legal, uh-huh. like biblically and in society? And is it permissible? Mm-hmm. Like in scripture, is it is it a yes or no? If if you were to read this in your church about the say this sex act and that sex act and the Bible says yes to this, yes to that, mm-hmm. you'll find it says no to very few things. Um it doesn't mention others so much, even though they're misinterpreted or used out of context. Mm-hmm. And there are other sex acts that are actually glorified and praised by God in the Bible. And you've never heard it in church. Like, I get, almost guarantee, you've, unless you had a really some really good people who really knew the Bible and they had a lot of integrity and they were very honest and upfront and blunt. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like chapter 10. But the book is called Real Marriage. It's by Mark Driscoll. That was uh, really interesting. Him and actually. his wife wrote it. Yeah, we read we read it together the other day, and it was really, I was like, wow, like, why wasn't I taught that? Or why didn't, you know, I wish we would have talked about sex. We talk, we have kids that we do. They're 12 and almost 10. We talk about sex with them because, I well, mean, they're going like, to learn like, it somewhere, like, and I'd rather them learn it from us. The last thing you want is for such an important topic to be a taboo that nobody talks about. Mm -hmm. Because they're going to go learn about it from their friends or somewhere else anyway. Yeah. Like in our house, we have, right now, at the time of this recording, we have a 12-and-a-half-year-old and a a 9-year-old who's about to be 10. We, it's not like overtly graphic sexual, like always like kind of discussions, but we joke about things. Mm Mm-hmm. And yesterday it, we it, did. It's just, yeah, it's like, it's just, we joke, like, it's, we've decided it, sex or any other super important topic in life will never be off the table yeah. in our house. Mm-hmm. We it's want like, them to it, be it, able to talk to us about anything. Yeah. Well, it's and like, everything, you know? Yeah. I mean, because if they don't think they're allowed to talk to us about something, that's our fault, number one. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've somehow implied or t- told them mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form that, you can't talk to us about this or you we better not find out you did this or or mm-hmm. there's going to be like I get it like there's standards you have to uphold but if mm-hmm. if they mess up and they're afraid to come to you man that you haven't done everything entirely right in that yeah. area if they're afraid to come like I want my kids to know if you mess up something okay, okay there might be a consequence whether for me or just from life but I want to help you deal with it and get through it and get out of it yeah. Or or whatever the most productive resolution is. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want our kids to be like, oh, my gosh, we can't tell dad. Which they think that sometimes to an extent. I'm a military guy, so sometimes I'm a little more heavy-handed. And, but I'm always honest. I'm always wide open with them. Yeah. You know? So, yep. uh, yeah, The Real Marriage, that book by Mark Driscoll. I forget his wife's name, but they both wrote it together. Mm-hmm. Um, it will blow you away. Uh, yeah. What is is and is is not in the Bible about sex <laughs> and different sexual acts and um the ones that are grossly misinterpreted and exaggerated completely up i mean i've literally heard some of these lessons that he talked about preached from a pulpit and in church settings just wrong like Mm -hmm. straight up like that's not even what it says it's not even what the story means that wasn't even that character that wasn't the point Mm -hmm. but you know um there's a lot of people out there that you know they will use religion or politics or faith or anything they can to try to control other people. Yeah. And, you know, but um, anyway, yeah. So don't perpetuate ignorance. I mean, you know, 
again, myths that we were led to believe about sex growing up, uh, myths or that things are bad when they're not. That uh, it just it does damage. Like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Now let's see. What's the next one? Number four. No bridge or balance between high and low sex drive people. Okay, so let's say you have a couple. One has a high sex drive. The other has a low sex drive. So one probably wants it a lot more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it maybe is more adventurous. The other person is just, they don't need it as often. And they're just not as super adventurous. They're willing, but they're not, you know, they're mm-hmm. not like, man, we need to buy like that chandelier thing and <laughs> or something or we need to swing from the chandeliers and, you know, or something or, you know, or like just, you know, a super adventurous kind stripper of people. pole, <laughs> stripper pole in the bedroom comes down, the disco ball starts spinning around. <laughs> There's music playing, you know, strobe lights. No, we don't have any of that in our bedroom or do we? So you got people who, how do you balance that? Yeah, people, you know, if one person wants it a lot more, because this is a huge obstacle. Yeah. Because one person might feel like, hey, three times a week isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And the other person's going, I'm fine with once a week. Oh, how do you how do you think you balance that? Wait. Well, you don't be selfish. Um, I have a lower sex drive. So um, I, you know, I would say don't be selfish. Um, there's times that like, I'll do it for him because I know he has a higher sex drive and I love my husband. So huh. I want to please him. And same with, with my wife. It's like, if you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm tired from working or traveling or doing something. And it's like, okay, well she's here. And part of my mission as a husband is to be that for her. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean you get home from work and you're like just beat tired. And it's like, oh, now I've got to do this. I'm obligated. Like, no. But mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, one thing we one thing we forgot to say on the last the last one we were talking a lot about like the biblical stuff. Um, basically, what we found, what we've discovered so far on the topic we we're talking about, is that you know, with like sex acts and what's in the Bible, what's not, uh, what's out of context. As far as we can tell, most, and I say most things, so don't write me a bunch of hate mail saying Brian says a bunch of weird, bad things are good. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. it seems as if from a biblical standpoint, any any sex act that is consensual between a husband and wife mm-hmm. is permissible. It, I mean, if one person doesn't want to do something, like, no, you don't do that thing. That's called, like, rape. That's assault. Like, you don't force somebody to do something they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. But if if somebody, if two people are okay and consensual with anything, generally speaking, it's pretty much okay. Now, again, there might be exceptions to that in your opinion, and you'll have your justifications. I'm speaking just generally. There are exceptions to everything. But that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a good thing to know because a lot of people... They want, they want to have a better sex life together, but they both feel sort of chained, again, by that, that old, the old stuff they were trained up in and they had it drilled into their minds as kids Mm -hmm. that if you actually read the Bible, you found out it's actually not always entirely true or it was out of context. But just Mm -hmm. to wrap that and put a bow on it, it's like anything 
that's consensual, generally speaking, is mm-hmm. is pretty much okay. Um, again, everyone's going to have their opinions on that. Yeah. And, you know, that's up to the individual spouse, uh, you know, couples. What you do in your sex life is none of our business, and we don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you, though. You know, it's just like, hey, whatever. But, yeah, we were talking about the bridge between the high and low sex drives. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the big lesson is just be selfless. Yeah. If you have two people who are seeking to serve and please each other, like, that's always both people's approach. Like, where's the where's the problem? Like, yeah, you, you probably won't. Not that. Not. Yeah. And at least if, like, a time doesn't work out, maybe because somebody's tired, whatever, had a long day, they have a headache, whatever. Well, again, communicate that, though. Yeah, communicate that mm-hmm. and be okay with that because you're, you're serving mm-hmm. your spouse by not, you know, by, by honoring the request because they're not in the mood or they're hurting or, you know, headache or whatever or they're tired. You're mm-hmm. honoring them by doing that. Yeah. And so, you know, when you seek to serve each other, um, considering the other person before yourself, mm-hmm. it's amazing how marriage just isn't that hard of work, like we said in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like when you're just selfless toward each other, generally speaking, most of the time when you try to be, it's just not that hard. It just yeah. really isn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now on to number five. Okay. Uh, the fifth barrier that we can we have here to a great sex life. The fifth barrier to a great sex life. It's what we're talking about. Like we already just segued into it. It's selfishness. Yep. I want this. I want it this way. I want not. And and you have people at odds with each other or a super demanding person. Mm-hmm. You know, I never understood guys who uh, felt like they had to like manipulate or force women to do something or or try to like number one. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, straight up. But I've always known, I've learned, if you, like, if you're a man, hear me when I say this. If you just treat a woman with respect, you treat her good, generally, she'll want to reciprocate and treat you good. Mm-hmm. You don't have to try and, like, force somebody or manipulate them or make them feel bad mm-hmm. into doing something they don't want to do. Yeah. I mean, if I'm, if I'm way open... And uh, selfless towards you in every way. The human nature is, it's called, it's like the law of reciprocation or something, like the law of reciprocity. People generally want to reciprocate, to give back if somebody's been generous to them. Yeah, like I would want to be nice to you and, and, and give you sex because yeah. you're treating me well. And if I'm not so crazy about one aspect <laughs> of it, but you are, okay, I do that for you. And then if it goes the other way, it's like, well, he did that for me. It's this give and take. It's... Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not being selfish, and um, oh, it's go to your go to your uh, your photos, go to your photos. Uh, I saved it in your photos for you, okay. that we can uh, read it bigger. But um, as we close here in just a couple minutes, we have we have a, a situation. Um, it was a something somebody was asking about in their marriage, and has mm-hmm. a problem they're facing, mm-hmm. and. When I read this, like, I mean, like the F word came straight out of my mouth. I'm just like, what a, what a blank and blank. You know, I'm just like, oh, man, like, like, I'm just being honest. Uh, again, this is whenever you hear about someone else's situation, you usually going into it, hear what they have to say. But no, you're probably not getting the entire story. So this is probably not the entire story. 
But it sounds it sounds like it's a lot of it though. It's her side, and yeah. it's her side. Mm-hmm. But still, <laughs> but still, she says my husband and I both have drastically different sex drives. There we go. Mm-hmm. She she says I'm the one with the high sex drive. So in this marriage, the wife is the one with the higher sex drive. The guy with the lower. Um, as a man, I don't get that. But you know, it's because I'm on that side. Uh, <laughs> at night before bed. Uh, is really the only time we have any time to do anything. And he usually stays up pretty late. He works second shift during the day. Um, she says, I have to get up pretty early to be able to make uh, to take the kids to school. So here's the problem. I don't get any sleep at all because I'm staying up late with him wanting to have sex. Um, he doesn't want to have planned days for sex either. I, I can't think of anything to make a sex life more boring than to like plan monday like, and wednesdays we're gonna have sex from this time we're gonna do it yeah. this time <laughs> yeah now again if people have like the only exception that like if they have like health problems maybe and there's you know it's it's that bad where they have to that might be a productive way i'm not a mental health professional so don't quote us on this but just with with how cavalier and open and fun we are with each other it's like planning something is like the best way to ruin all the fun mm-hmm. um but anyway, she says so he doesn't so he doesn't want to plan any of it. And she says, I have a checklist I have to go through with him before I can initiate anything sexual. Examples of this are I can't initiate while he's watching TV. I can't initiate while he's playing a video game. I no initiating if he just got off work recently. I understand that. If he gets home from work, he's tired, whatever he does for a living. Like, I get that. The I'm, first two I don't, though. Yeah, and we're not done. <laughs> and some other things. So, majority of the time, he's always he's always doing something on this checklist. Therefore, I can never initiate sex. But I've allowed him to initiate any time he wants to with me. Uh, Very one-sided there. <laughs> extremely. <laughs> like, yeah, selfish much? Mm. Um, it, she says if I ask about it, he, you know, if she tries to initiate, if she asks, like, why is it so hard for us to... She says that he claims it's just adding pressure to him to perform. Um, if I ask him, he claims it's adding pressure to perform if I ask if we were having sex or anything similar. She said, if I, if I go to sleep, then we would probably never have sex. And I just don't know what to do about this. He definitely won't wake me up for sex. And I've asked him what we can do to help the situation, but he doesn't know either. Well, my first... Again... My first thought is, what a what a loser. Yeah. What a loser. What a selfish person. Yeah. And again, we're not, we don't have all the details. We just had this. So we're going off of this. There might be more that we don't know. So I'm not just being a jerk. But <laughs> look, guys, I don't care what anybody hearing this thinks. If watching TV and playing video games is more important to you than having sex with your wife, you're a loser. Absolutely. You are a straight loser. And a selfish jerk. <laughs> and you're selfish. Yeah. Like, this is a, a literal carnal human need. Something that is a, a key part of the success of a marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if he's not having sex with her, like, and I don't know how old these people were. I think they were, like, in their 20s. If he's not getting it from her getting satisfaction, he's getting it somewhere. He's getting it somewhere. It's not like he's nine years old, impotent, no drive, like, no, like... 
he's getting his satisfaction somewhere, he's, which is probably why he's never interested in her because he's getting it somewhere else. Yeah, he's either cheating on his wife or he's watching porn and getting off on his own. Yeah, there's something there. But either there's way, something. Either way, he's getting it somewhere. This is a division point in the relationship, and the the sad thing, it's like it's totally fixable. Yeah. Like, don't be selfish. Have sex um, with your wife. <laughs> be be a mature adult. Be a man. Yeah. Uh, your wife takes priority over video games and watching TV. Now, that doesn't mean that she can. She has the right to always interrupt you if you're trying to. Now, but again, if you have a wife with a high sex drive, well, that's got to be one of your big priorities is taking care of that. Because I can tell you right now, if you deprive your spouse of sex when they need it long enough, they're naturally going to, not that they're wanting to cheat, but they're naturally, their mind is going to start wandering and going, where can I get this need met? Well, yeah. And then some guy at the office, oh, he's just so nice and he listens to me mm-hmm. and he got me coffee the other day. And next thing you know, boom, mm-hmm. cheated on you. Didn't mean to. It developed. It, it started happened. with an emotional affair yeah. and then it led to sex. And it was wrong. But yeah. it's like... You know, like, you contributed to that in a way. Like, if, Absolutely. If, if that's the case, you deprived her of a need that she can't get out of. Like, we can't get out of sexual needs as humans. It's in us. Yeah. Like, you can't take your fingerprints off, you know, pretty much, you know. Uh, you can't get the blood out of your veins. Like, yeah. it's that much apart. Mm-hmm. And so, he could probably, in that case, go, well, well, my wife cheated on me, this and that. True. But there's more to it than that. Yeah. Like, like she yeah. was wrong for that, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But, but you, you contributed, contributed to that. You contributed to the deprivation of her sexual needs to the point that she was in situations that became tempting and were easy to fall into because she was she so unmet. She wasn't getting it at home. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I just I can't I can't even believe this has to be said. Like. I, I, I never thought that as a man, mm-hmm. you would ever have to say to somebody, like, have sex with your wife. Like, your wife having sex with your wife is more important than TV and video games. Yeah. Like. It should be a given. Who, I never imagined we'd live in a time where you actually had to tell a grown man that. <laughs> it's just, it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's, All I can do is this. Yeah, facepalm. Like <laughs> really, really. Then I don't know what what guy doesn't like sex. Like every guy I've ever met is like <laughs> it's like they'll bang anything. It's like <laughs> like you gotta like keep men on a leash sometimes. It's like seriously, like it's it's like the men's how hormonally how we're wired how you're made. It it's like mm. it's like you gotta like lasso and keep that thing on a leash. But now you got a guy who'd rather play video games, video games, and watch TV rather than have sex with his wife who has a high sex drive. That breaks my heart for her. Yeah, because we're because yeah. we're what does she do? Like you know, try and take care of herself, and that's another issue that people have mixed feelings and mm-hmm. opinions on. Or go cheat. Well, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. you know because that's just going to lead to a bunch of bad things. And we believe cheating is wrong. You shouldn't do it. Yep. Um. Obviously, I said should not. I was swallowing when I said shouldn't. <laughs> I said you should not do that. Um, I think yeah. that's a given. Yeah. But that blows me away. Mm. Just, uh, yeah. 
Guys, TV and video games, TV and video games come second to sex with your wife and her needs. And even if they're not sexual needs, and she has other needs, mm-hmm. like your first priority is your wife. You don't like it? Don't get married. And mine is you. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it should be that way. Yeah. And then you wonder why we say a good marriage is not hard work. Well, when... When you, we're putting each other first, like, why why would it be hard? Yeah. It's not. And a lot of problems people have where their marriage is hard or it dissolves their marriage and they end in divorce is because there was some sort of um, selfishness. There was some, you know, both sides being selfish or one side so overly selfish that it was always a one-way street. Yeah. Like, you couldn't expect, no, like, you would, even if you're that selfish person we're talking about, you wouldn't want someone having only a one-way street from you, where they're always expecting you to do the thing, but you never get yours, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a give and take, but if you're always the one giving, 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 that just breeds resentment over time. Absolutely. And then, yeah, it's just, oh, there's so many, this old stupid beliefs that, you know, we're raised with and they're ingrained in us and... You know, whether it's sexual or not, it's like, you know, a woman should always listen to her husband. Okay, I get it. Head of the household, things like that. But, like, I've known some really stupid guys who make bad decisions. Like, maybe she should be questioning you. I think she should. (laughs) I mean, to me, you're my equal in the relationship. I've had a lot of people say, man, Brian, over the years, you've had a great woman behind you. I've never said she's behind me. You've always been beside me. And I may have said this in another episode, but when I was fighting the war in Afghanistan, in Afghanistan, if the if a man and wife and dog are walking down the street, the man is walking his dog, and the wife is like ten feet behind him. The son's with you. Like, yeah, the son's, yeah. If, if, you, son. if you have kids or the son in mm-hmm. particular walking with dad, well, guess what? Mom is behind them ten feet. Mm-hmm. You know, Jamie, you're not ever behind me. Mm-mm. Like you're always beside me. You know, yeah. it's like in a gunfight, your your buddy's not just behind you. You're shoulder to shoulder facing your common enemy, fighting them and destroying them, concentrating your gunfire on the enemy mm-hmm. so you can destroy that enemy fast enough and you both survive and survive and thrive and make it another day. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to take care of each other. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much the episode for today. Is there a... Any, anything else that comes to mind or anything you think you want to reiterate that was a really important uh, touch point for you? These were the five barriers to a great sex life. Uh, w- one, undealt with past abuse. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two was no communication. Yep. Myths uh, we were led to believe about sex growing up. Maybe the unbib- unbiblical lessons that just aren't so. Mm-hmm. They're just not biblical. Four was no bridge or balance between high and low sex drive people. Yeah. And, and then, then five was selfishness. Yeah. Put down the freaking video games. God, you got to tell a grown man to put down the video games and have sex with his wife. And check us out at marriagebattleplan.com. Yeah, again, marriagebattleplan.com. Uh, go there. We teach you how to communicate clearly with your spouse using the same proven, combat-proven military communication strategies that we use on the battlefield. Easy to implement in your marriage, and you can start seeing results immediately communicating better with your spouse. So marriagebattleplan.com. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take the next three seconds, just three seconds, and simply click that five-star rating if you feel like this is a five-star podcast. Also, if you want us to keep making these episodes, we can't do it alone. We're just a normal married couple like many of you, 
and you can help us continue making these episodes by contributing just $4 a month. Yes, just $4 a month. That's literally only 13 cents a day. That's just a dollar a week, a dollar per episode. And let's be honest here. For the quality of advice you get here, you can easily afford to invest just a dollar a week with us. This helps us grow so we can bring you even more value, and you also have the chance to get some pretty cool swag out of the deal. So here's what you need to do. Just scroll down to the bottom of the show notes right now and click the link that says support the show, or you see the word Patreon. It literally only takes 30 seconds to do, and it helps us continue helping you and your friends and loved ones in their marriages. So click the link right now that says support the show or Patreon, and we'll see you in the next episode.